It is the morning news feed post game, WMAY 927 947 and 970 AM. We've come to my favorite part of the week each and every week. Our chance to speak with managing editor Fandango.com, Eric Davis. Eric, how are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Of course. Appreciate you taking the time. Before we get into, there's a lot of stuff coming out this week. Uh, one in particular that really seems to have struck a chord with you. But I want to first look back. I got to see Suicide Squad last weekend. And I want to say, I was, I love the movie, but Sylvester Stallone's turn as King Shark was way more enjoyable than I even expected it to be. Is this kind of a thing between him and Vin Diesel allowing guys to do things that they normally wouldn't be able to do if they actually appeared on the screen? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's, I think it's that, that kind of finding that right voice, you know, I think when it comes to. Also, I would look at Bradley Cooper, who yeah. voices Rocket Raccoon, yep. uh, and Vin Diesel. You know, I remember when Vin Diesel and Bradley Cooper were cast in those roles, a lot of people were like, really? Like, why those guys? You know, you can't find, like, a voice. Uh, but you see that it's the perfect voice mm-hmm. for it. And so, you know, uh, James Gunn worked with Sylvester Stallone on the last Guardians movie. He got to know him. Uh, and sometimes that's where it happens, where, you know, and I think they had tried out some other voices on King Shark, but it was Stallone's voice that really brought the character uh, home. And so, so yeah, I I thought he was great. And that's what's a great thing about that movie is that there are so many different characters Mm -hmm. that everybody I've spoken to, like, their favorite character is somebody else. Right. So that's always fun. Yeah, so many great performances. Now, the box office performance to some, seemed lackluster. But what is box office anymore? I think it's an interesting conversation you were having on Twitter about it, and you had some interesting thoughts because it's way more layered than just the number you used to be able to look at pre-pandemic. Yeah, you know, I think box office, especially right now, is just difficult to to kind of frame into uh, a, a story. You know, like a lot of people will look at a week's box office and then they'll sort of, uh, create like you know say like this is what the future of movies is or or this this number dictates this you know is explained in this way uh, you know a lot of people are looking for to to um, you know uh, define yeah. the moment that we're in and and use it to kind of define what the future is going to be but there are so many different factors that come into play every film has its own distribution strategy some of them are just in theaters some of them are at home and when you have every movie is different it's confusing to the audience you know because you know they yeah. maybe they have just watched a couple of movies that were available at home and now they're like wait this one's not at home and right. so <laughs> I think that structure is confusing to people uh and then also you have you know delta variant and you have different things happening in the country in different communities with regards to covid um and you know and you just have uh a lot of different variables and so if, if a movie doesn't perform the way that we're used to seeing a superhero movie perform you know i think a lot of people want to say it's because of this one thing. The movie isn't good or people don't like DC anymore. And and you can't say those kinds of things. You can't put those definitives on where we are right now because really uh, if a movie underperforms, there are like 10 different reasons why that happened. Right. Um, and it's not necessarily because the movie's bad. Right. Yeah, I, I enjoyed your reply to the gentleman on Twitter who said heads are going to roll at DC because they under- it's like just just – 
pump the brakes a little bit. We're always immediately saying the worst is going to happen. It's like it was well-received by critics. It still did pretty good in the box office. A lot of people watching HBO Max. I think DC is going to be fine. Uh, DC is going to be just fine. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, come on. It's, you know, if, if a movie underperforms, it's like everybody's going to get fired. Right. No, they're Why not. is everybody going to get fired? You know, no. like, why is it the drastic? Right. You, you know, it's like, come on, man. It's, I, you know, so that's why I was like, look, you can you can say stuff like that to get extra shares on Twitter, which really is, is what that's about. Yeah. Um, but you know, you know better right. kind of stuff like that. It's, nobody's going to get fired. No, not, not over one thing. We're talking with Eric Davis, manager Fandango.com. Let's get to the movies coming out in theaters this weekend. Uh, I saw the preview before Suicide Squad for Don't Breathe 2. I did not see the first one, but I heard very good things about it. But it seems like they're flipping the script and making the bad guy from number one the good guy in number two. Yeah, which is a little controversial okay. for people. Okay. Uh, they, they're taking a big swing with this sequel. Um, and you know, the, 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 the guy is, is a bad guy in this first movie. Uh, it's, it's like a home invasion movies kind of flipped on its, on its head. Uh, these kids kind of break into this house of this blind guy thinking that they can get one over on him. But the blind guy is actually like a crazy, like murderer, rapist kind of insane villain like like with, with ex military experience. And, and he kind of goes on the attack and, and starts going after them. Uh, and this sequel we pick up many years later, uh, and you know now this guy is kind of trying to come to terms with the things that he's done in his life uh, when he's offered the opportunity uh, to to potentially rescue somebody hmm. um, from a from another really evil situation. So it's like. Uh, evil against evil. It's like which evil isn't as evil, evil right? You know, and, they, and so I mean, is there a bit of a redemption that they, that's that's it's it's hard because how do you redeem like a serial killer right. rapist? You know, yeah. And I think that's what people are having a hard time grasping onto. Uh, I credit the film for taking those kinds of tonal risks with a villain, mm-hmm. um, but I don't necessarily know if everyone is going to be on board with those risks that it takes. So I will put out that warning um, to people. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, it's definitely an interesting sequel. I will say that. I don't think it's as good as the first one, but I definitely do credit uh, the the filmmakers for, for kind of taking a risk with a, with a horror sequel and not just doing the same Same thing, same right. Doing the same thing over and over again. Talking with managing editor of Fandango.com, Eric Davis, another movie out in theaters that looks fantastic to me. Just the performance from Jennifer Hudson respect that it looks fantastic. Yeah. Aretha Franklin biopic Aretha before she passed away, actually uh, handpicked Jennifer Hudson to play her in a biopic and, and, you know, this one is, is, is a bit paint by numbers. You know, okay. it's kind of uh, a friend of mine described it as a Wikipedia biopic because it really just does <laughs> go through like every every stage of her career. Um, but if you're a big Aretha fan, I think, it, I mean, her story is incredible. Uh, I think the performances in this film are incredible. And I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it, especially those moments when Jennifer Hudson as Aretha is sort of finding uh, some of these classic songs. Uh, and seeing the stories behind how how she discovered these songs that are so iconic now. And Jennifer Hudson, I think, you know, already in the Oscar conversation, as she should be, uh, it's a really great performance. And, and she just does have one of the great voices of our time. And so 
so yeah, really, really lovely performance from from Jennifer Hudson uh, that, in that one. That was going to ask. It seems like if you if you play an artist and you do it well in a biopic, or even if it's a Wikipedia biopic, you do pretty good in the awards department. Remy Malek, I go back to Joaquin Phoenix, even as Johnny Cash back in the day. Um, it seems like that's kind of a a, pres- a a prescription to be able to get in that award conversation if you do it well. Yeah, I mean, especially when you when you sing your own songs. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people kind of got on Rami a little bit for that Bohemian Rhapsody because uh, he did it, you know, right. sing, his, sing the songs. Uh, but uh, I think it's always a bit more impressive when when you're also singing yes. those songs, because especially when you're playing someone as iconic as like Aretha Franklin. <laughs> yeah. um, and so uh, great job from, from her on that. Let's move on to Free Guy. It looks like Ryan Reynolds is just a- having an absolute blast in this film. It looks, I know some of the people from Deadpool are also part of this, and it kind of gives me that vibe of just giving Ryan Reynolds the freedom to kind of be Ryan Reynolds. It is, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Uh, important to note that it is not R-rated, so you don't have to worry about a lot of foul-mouthed cursing or anything okay. like that, that, like you see in Deadpool. Um, but it's a it's a really fun movie, uh, especially if you have like preteens and teens that are playing games like Fortnite, or if you're familiar with like Grand Theft Auto. It's basically like that kind of game. Uh, and Ryan Reynolds plays uh, an NPC, a non-playable character, a background character, uh, who's you know kind of walking on the street when the action hero is kind of storming through, uh, and then he all of a sudden becomes self-aware and realizes that he's he's a character inside a video game, and then he teams up with a woman who is a real-world player. Hmm. Uh, so he teams up with the woman's avatar um, to help save the game from being destroyed by its maniacal creator played by a very hilarious Taika Waititi. Um, so a lot of fun. Uh, they're calling it a video game movie, but then Ryan Reynolds, he's like, I, I know how why they're calling it a video game movie, but it's not based on any video right. game. Um, and I said, I think it's like, well, maybe that's how the video game movie can be successful if it's not based on right? a video game. And then you have the liberty to be inspired by other games, but go your own way. And I think that that's why this film is successful. It's not beholden to a mythology that's already established. It can kind of create its own thing, but be like, isn't this kind of like Grand Theft Auto? Isn't this moment a little like Fortnite? So you can kind of pick and choose right. who you're nodding to while doing your own thing. And I think that's why this film is so successful. You can pick uh, the the best of each part and put them all into one. Uh, lastly, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about a smaller film that's available in select theaters, but also on Apple TV, I believe it is, a film called Coda. Tell us about this one. Yeah, this is one of my favorite movies of the year. I actually saw it for the first time at the Sundance Film Festival. This was the opening night film of the virtual Sundance mm. Film Festival. Actually went on to win both the Grand Jury Award and the Audience Award. And when a film does both of those things, that means that uh, it's a big-time critic favorite, but it's also a big crowd-pleaser. Another film that did that that I was a big fan of, Whiplash. Remember that film, Whiplash? Oh, yeah, yeah, with uh, Miles Teller and... uh, Yeah, yeah. T.K. Simmons. Yes, yep. That, That movie also won both... The, the Grand Jury and the Audience Award. And so those kinds of movies uh, tell you that, okay, they're leaving a mark. And so mm-hmm. uh, there's a reason why so many people like them. And CODA, which stands for Child of Deaf Adult, and that's what it's about. It's about this girl who is in this family. She has a brother and her parents who are all deaf, and she is not deaf. Uh, and they run a fishing, a fishing business, uh, and she is pivotal in their fishing business because she can communicate 
with everyone around them who isn't deaf. Yeah. Um, but then she sort of has this hunger to be a singer and she has a great voice. And so it's about her sort of wrestling with this responsibility that she has to her family and to their business and to the survival of that business, but then also to these dreams that she has of wanting to become a singer and get out of this, this fishing town that she's kind of stuck in. Um, and so it's a really beautiful movie. Uh, it's very funny. You're going to laugh until you cry. Okay. But it's very emotional, so you're also going to just cry. So have the <laughs> tissues ready. Um, but also it's a great one to make to watch with the whole family. I'm not going to say like your your six-year-olds, your five-year-olds. No, not for them. But, you know, if you have 9, 10, mm. 11, 12-year-old kids, uh, this is a good one to just get everybody around as a family and watch it. Um, and I also think it's a great a great film uh, for representation in, in the deaf community um, to show that, you know, films starring deaf actors and actresses uh, can really be some of the most pivotal, significant movies of the year. And so I think that's another reason why it's important. Um, and I think, uh, it's like I said, it's one of my favorite movies of the year. I think it's uh, it's a joy. From the way you ex uh, explain it, Eric, it seems like a perfect movie to watch with the kids before they go off to college. To, that, kind of, uh, yes. to all sit together That's and kind sad. of enjoy the emotion of that. Eric Davis, ManjaderFandango.com. Always appreciate you taking the time. Always so much fun talking with you. Uh, and uh, have yourself a great weekend, and we'll talk again next week. Without a doubt, man.